Deaf's Bistro contains explicit and violent content and may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Death's Bistro. I'm Sam. Hi. And that's Dagnus. Hi. Being a dickhead. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> We're going to be touching all sorts of weird stories, macabre, about people doing random things to other people and getting away with it. To and not getting away with it. And not getting away with it. And it's going to be hopefully fun and we're going to try to review some coffees and some drinks and cakes that go kind of alongside with it or around it. Indeed. And uh, we'll try to podcast this weekly if I don't flake out like 90% of the time I have done. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to Death's Bistro. There you go. In your ear holes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> this week we are reviewing strong as shit. Yep. Coffee. Strong shit coffee. I like the packaging already. And it came with the cup that's over there, the. Death before decaf cup. There it is. There you go. Beautiful. There if you, you go. If you like your packaging as well as your coffee, this is this is great. Um, yes, it it is strong, but that's what coffee is meant to be. Oh, definitely, especially when we drink it black. Where's it from? It is um which one is places it? places. I don't really know. Well, that's good, isn't it? It's Ara- Arabica. I'm talking who the fuck makes it, Sam. It's the company's called Strong Shit. Where are they from? I don't know where they're from. <laughs> Let me have a look. Roasted and packed in the UK, Moorish Coffee Company, Cafe Society. Happy days. Tornado House, Mocks and Weir. Yes. Go check them out. We'll post also a, a bit picture. of a picture, a bit of a link. You can check them out. We are not sponsored by them or endorsed by them or they don't know of our existence at all. Nope. So... And I just like coffee. I think this is when I got for my birthday to be That's fair. a massive damn ass pack as well. Oh yeah. It's good. Let's let let me let me touch it up. I'm feeling and touching. I'm giving a sniff as well. As you can hear me fondling packaging. It's a dark and powerful with hints of plum, burnt caramel, and toasted peanut and a lingering treacle finish. Who rides that? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Right? Who rides that? How you get it taste plum? It tastes plum. No, yes. Maybe if you lick a plum. It don't taste like coffee. And then you drink the coffee, it can taste the plum. Yeah. It's number two blend, dark roasted ground coffee. There it is, right there. <laughs> Give it a little slap. <laughs> can you handle the strong shit? They are challenging you, basically. This is this week's. Next week, something else. I'm not going to tell you what it is. What do you have brought to the table today, Sam? Tell us. So, I have brought Albert Fish, also known as the Brooklyn Vampire. Mm. The uh, werewolf of Wisteria, because apparently he used to do all his crimes on full moons. And the Grey Man. Yeah, lovely gentleman. Yep. Sounds like a soothing character. He's living his best life. He, he has done things. Yep. So, this story starts very dark. And... I will begin with the letter that he sent. So November 1934, 10-year-old Grace Bud had been missing for six years. 
there had been no clues or developments regarding her disappearance until her mother, Delilah Flanagan Budd, received an anonymous letter. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called upon you at 406 W15. I don't know what that means. West, Western? West? West? I, no I don't idea. know American things. I brought you a pot of cheese and strawberries and we had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me and I made my mind up to eat her. Nice. That's, <laughs> that's dinner sorted, there, right? That's invitation was wide open there. Yeah. Yeah. So the letter rambled on a little bit and it explained gruesome acts by a, a gentleman that he'd met who. It's a bad letter. It's a very bad letter. <laughs> We'll po we'll post that letter uh, for your convenience to just have a little read through it. Um, he did, did go into a description of how he murdered Mrs. Bud's daughter Grace and then roasted her in an oven and ate her. It's like a Sunday dinner. Yeah, but it took about seven days to eat the whole of her. No, maybe it was not larger gentleman. Oh no no! If you, I'll pop, post a picture of him. He is quite terrifying and quite, yeah, unsavory character. Yeah, just really dead eyes. Dead eyes. Dead eyes. Dead eyes. Dead eyes. Dead eyes and a moustache that you wouldn't mess with. You shall never m mess with the moustaches, that's for sure. No, no. So, Albert was born in May, or May 19th, 1870 in Washington to Randall and Ellen Fish, but would be later known as the Brooklyn Vampire, the Grey Man and the Werewolf of Wisteria. Fish was small, quiet and unassuming and he had a face that blended in with a crowd and a, and a private life that would have frightened even the most hardened criminals. Mr. Fish. I feel like that's a good description of anybody. Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of, it's a description that doesn't really describe... Anything. Much. Yeah, it just describes a generic, like a person. It, if you don't know him... Yeah, he, he might, no. he might. And I think that's why he got away with so much as well because he wasn't... Kids were afraid of him. Because the, the reason they called him the Grey Man was because kids named him that. So it's like a local boogeyman. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, but when he was younger, this is basically where all the the shit started, basically. Um, so he suffered me with mental illnesses, which were passed through his family. His mother raised him, but at the point where she could no longer deal with her own mental illnesses... They, she put her, him and his brothers into foster care where the fixation on abuse did start. This is the darkest, darkest childhood I've ever heard of. So while at the orphanage, the caretakers routinely beat the children and even occasionally encouraged them to hurt each other. Unlike the other children there who lived in the fear of the painful punishments, Fish reveled in them. He began to enjoy the pain and associate it with pleasure. So just basically built a sadist. Yep, yep. So, and I'm not saying that people with kinks, this is how they start, but this is how this gentleman started. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if the mental illness already was in the family. Also. Oh, yeah. It's like his mother, his uncle, his dad, yeah. his sister. And at that time, probably there was, not probably, there was absolutely no way of treating it in any shape or form. No. His his mother did come back for them after she got help for herself, which, I mean, essentially was a hard thing to do back then anyway. Um, but he had based, 
being ingrained with this now like this was it this is how he lived his life uh he con- continued to administer his own beatings and began an unhealthy relationship with a telegraph boy who introduced fish to sexual practices of i'm gonna bugger this word up Eulangria? Eulangria? it's the consumption of human waste oh and the sexual gratification from it so you know yeah, that's. Uh, casual, I haven't heard that one before. Casual Sunday afternoon. Um, he began to visit public baths where he would watch other boys undress. And throughout his life, he would write obscene letters to women whose names he acquired from classified ads. So basically, old school <laughs> Tinder. He was, he was a frequent yeah. visitor of old school Tinder. Yeah, he'd just sit there with his uh, copy of the classified ads. And like, oh, she needs a letter. She, she could use some abuse in her life. <clears throat> His uh, sadomasochistic tendencies led him to an obsession with sexual self-mutilation. He would regularly embed needles into his groin and abdomen and flog himself with a nail-studded paddle. There's an x-ray photo that I will post of 29 needles embedded into his pelvic area. And this was when they actually caught him for the murder of Grace. Yeah, so the real number is unknown. Yeah, so this was what was in his body at the time of... Sort of like his arrest. When he was 20, he moved to New York City. And after he moved here, he increasingly became curious about pain of others and wasted no time to learn more. He started prostituting himself and molesting young boys whom he'd learned to his home to rape and torture. So his favourite... I don't know whether you can call it like a favourite weapon, Mm. but it's a nail-studded paddle which he'd use on himself and other people. So that was that was his upbringing. That was, that was how he lived and that's how he created this sort of persona. He did get married. He, oh. married, he married a lady and he had children with her. Well, look at that. I know. So there was something about him, obviously. In 1898, he married a lady and um, had six children. Apparently, he was never violent or abused that his own children. It was just yeah. others. Um, but he would eventually start to sort of train the kids. To become him. Yeah, so he would invite them to like flog him and invite their friends to do that as well. So he never mm. administered any torture onto his children, but he'd have them administer it to him. So, I mean... I'm looking at that X-ray picture as we speak. I mean, uh, it's that. Are they, I mean, they're not small needles. Either. It looks like an artwork. Um, You'd have it, it on your wall. In it, in it. Oh yes, I would. Mm. Most likely, yes, I would. Yeah, that is some because you, you can't really tell that anymore. That it's a, actually a pelvis because it looks like Rorschach's that test thing, <laughs> just well, with a lot of needles in between. One of his other um, self gratification methods was putting a rolled up piece of cloth that had been soaked in ethanol up mm-hmm. his ass and setting fire to it. Okay. So it's like... Like a fucking human cl- candle. <laughs> something that Rammstein would probably partake in, you know, to the certain degree. It's, uh... I've got a new trick for you. Bend over. Yeah. Yeah. It could be part of the book, book the, uh, video. I mean, he did 
he 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 became fascinated as well with bisection and the human phallus. So that was one of his one of his others. This part of the story is basically he met he used to meet men. I'm presuming through classified ads, like when he used to trawl them for women to uh, abuse. He met a gentleman named Thomas Kedden. Mm-hmm. And when he became fascinated with the sexual mutilation and bisection, he tricked Kedden to meet him. So they used to, they I think they used to have an affair and tricked him to come out to a cabin and meet him there. And for 10 days, he had him there. He tortured him. He cut off part of his penis and kept it. Like a just, souvenir. Just as a little little trinket there. little Put it in a locket like a piece of hair. And he, what gets me is he then let him go, but just gave him a bit of money for his trouble. Like, here you yeah, go. Yeah, here you go, mate. Sorry. Uh, just a little small fee is yeah, in order yeah, to like, rectify this. Uh, like, like I, I've got what I've come for. Like, yeah. you know. You're okay now. You're yeah, done. Off you, off you pop. I think it was $10 he paid him. Well, in that time, I don't know what the what the ratio was there. Then at that, here's <laughs> ten dollars uh, for your trouble. Thanks for the bit of penis. <laughs> Probably more more ways than one, but that uh, he fish liked to once he was caught, he liked to recall certain things he'd done, and he he always said that he'd never forget the scream and the look that Kedding gave him when when he was torturing him. So I mean, he was. I mean, the, the the line between sexual gratification and BDSM and all that and just being criminally insane. And deviant as well. So Yeah, like, it, it's just absolutely manic. Made him, made him ever so powerful, I presume. Yeah, and for a man that's not very... I mean, the description obviously was that he wasn't very assuming and he wasn't a large man. I think a lot of this was just a case of how he took control of a situation. So by 1917, Fish was having a lot of difficulty in concealing his mental illnesses and he had started having hallucinations like his mother before him and his uncle. And his wife left him for another man and le- but left the children with him. Mm. So I'm off, but you can have these. Was he schizophrenic? It never said he was schizophrenic, but I don't know if they would, would yeah, have... Yeah, they knew anything yeah, they didn't. at all. Yeah. It was basically a case of you had mania or you were... Yeah, they just put you in the loony bin, basically. Yeah, you were a lunatic and there yeah, you go. lunatic and... He, so once he had the... Once his wife, wife had left him, that's when he started pushing the needles into his groin and he um he began having auditory hallucinations at one point he recalled wrapping himself in a carpet on the instruction of john the apostle okay so he was going further and further into his own mania here he began teaching his own children sadomasochistic games and this is when he started teaching the children about you know paddling him and getting their friends involved so when the kids friends would come round that's you know. I look after the kids this afternoon. I've got an idea. Here's a here's a box of tricks. You... Yeah, yeah. We're not going to play Kirby. We're gonna we're gonna whack each other with a nailed. <laughs> yeah, here's paddle. a paddle. Um, he had also started to develop an obsession with cannibalism. Right. 
I tell you, this man is everything. He's he's all of the all of the issues rolled into one. Like a rich salad. Yeah. He yeah. has everything yeah. going for him. Uh, so he how he would start his fascination with this was that he used to eat raw meat. Right. And he would often share these meals with his children. So and I don't it never actually said whether or not any of his kids went on to having any sort of mental illnesses or anything like that or you know I presume they'd be scarred after stuff like this anyway, but no one ever I don't think they followed up on the kids afterwards, you know, they they were just sort of left. I think back in those days, they probably wanted to brush it on the carpet and lock it up and oh, forget gotcha. about it. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, his obsession with torture and cannibalism brought him to contemplate murder. So obviously built and built and built over the years of little things he was doing. I mean, he'd got to the point now where, you know, his, hallucina- his hallucinations had got that bad that he was just ready to... Kill. Go full cloaked into the night and murder someone. Uh, he began to look for vulnerable children, such as intellectually disabled orphans or homeless black children. He assumed wouldn't be missed. Yeah, and at those times, I would presume there would be a lot of a um, lot of street kids yeah. roaming around. Oh yeah, and the whole neighborhoods of it. So yeah, like he had his pick of pick of kids to go after. He uh, stabbed an intellectually disabled boy in Washington, D.C. He later claimed that he would occasionally pay boys to procure other children for him. He would torture, mutilate and murder young children with his implements of hell, a meat cleaver, a butcher's knife and a small handsaw. Mm. It doesn't say where. There is a picture of the cabin that he did kill Grace in. So, you know, probably taking, taking the kids there. Um, he would claim at his trial and later writings that God was speaking to him and commanding him to torture and consume young children. Of course. There's the God bit. There's the God bit. Yeah. So, we'll skip this subject because this subject will hit close to home with the religion, which is bypass this malarkey full stop. <laughs> You're not allowed to go on a tangent about God. No, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been restricted in my open view. Yeah. But it's we, only episode one. It's fine. We'll, I'm we'll, sure it'll we'll skip this spiral part down into. <laughs> we'll skip this part about two planks stick mm? together, and then yeah, mm. for the next time. Yep. He scored adver- um, advertisements in local papers, but put out by families looking for someone to perform housework, or by young men looking for work themselves. He also remarried in 1930, but divorced after only one week. He was later sent to Bellevue for observation after being arrested for sending an obscene letter to a woman looking for a maid. I couldn't find the letter, but I feel like it was. Yeah, if it if it if at that time it's an obscene, then after all is done, then probably it was. And if, you know, I've seen some of the messages people send you on dating apps just as an opening tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I say, he was a frequent visitor of the, the, Maybe he the was Gazette just, yeah. version of Tinder. So. Maybe he was just drawing pictures of his own penis and just mailing them to people. <laughs> or just rocking up and just, this is what I have going. Yeah. You can play a plunk with half my pelvis if you want to pull a needle Half a B&Q up. stuck in my backside. <laughs> He's ready to rock and roll. He's like a D- walking DIY man. He doesn't need to uh, build his belly. It's just all stuck. He's ready. He's He's ready. Stuck in his own body. You have a shelf to put on. (laughs) It's there for you, right there. You might not walk out of that situation alive, but the shelf will be there. Oh yeah, it'll be a nice shelf. 
Great shelf, definitely. Level. What else is going to go on for him, the Mr. Fish? So uh, with these advertisements, this is where he found young Grace Bud. Originally, it wasn't her that he was after. It was her older brother. So right. he'd put an advertisement looking for a workman at a new house he was building. And Edward Bud was looking for work and replied to him. Uh, Edward would bring Fish back to his house to meet his family because I think that's something they used to do back then. Like, you're going to hire me, come over here. Clearly wasn't a good judge of character because they, you know, let him in and let them take the kid. So uh, under the false name Frank Howard, Fish called on the Bud family in the Manhattan home. He claimed to have some farm work upstate that needed doing and he was also looking for some help around the house and was Edward interested. Edward was inclined to take the job from the unremarkable grey-faced gentleman. So obviously this is where the the grey man came from and why children were terrified of him. But suddenly Fish's interest shifted while Edward was mulling over his offer. Fish noticed a young girl standing behind her parents, a 10-year-old Grace. While discussing his fictitious farm and the imaginary work Edward would undertake, Fish casually mentioned that he was in town to visit his niece and to attend her birthday party. And would little Grace like to join him? Fish, the unassuming looking gentleman, convinced Delilah and Albert Bud to let him take their daughter along to his niece's birthday party. Yep. So, you know, yeah. As you stranger, do. stranger danger didn't as, exist. As you do. I don't want to ask you, was it, I think his main objective was young males though. Right? Oh yeah. I think that so, stemmed because the kids what, in the home yes, were orphanage, were obviously. Yeah. Because prob- most likely they treated them there. Yeah, so when he was in the orphanage with his brothers, <clears throat> it was just a boy's orphanage by the yeah. looks of it. So, you know, all the other Abuse galore. Yeah. Especially those times, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why he made a point of remarrying us afterwards as well, because men who, you know, if you were frequently seen with diff- with different men all the time and you didn't have a wife. Yeah, it would be, would be sus- suspicious. Yeah. Fish took Grace, dressed her in her Sunday best to the house upstate, to the same one he had intended to torture her brother in. According to the letter sent to Delilah Bud along with his confession, Fish hid in an upstairs bedroom, naked, so as to not get blood on any of his clothes, while Grace picked wildflowers in the backyard. Then he called her inside. When she screamed at the sight of him, he grabbed her before she could flee and strangled her to death. His gruesome letter read, First I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her into small pieces so I could take the meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. So it's kind of his MO changing from one episode to another. He's kind of unraveling more and more because at first it was only boys and just the, just the pain and the suffering that he inflicts yeah. and on himself and on others. Then he started to eat. Well, that was the and yeah when he now he's killing males and, and, and or females whatever comes. Judging by so, we you can read the letter. It is um it goes on about being someone he knows being in China and there being a meat shortage, and what they would do is no young child was safe on the streets of China, so you could go in and you could order certain cuts of meat, but they would bring out mm. a part of a young boy or girl. Yeah, and then cut it off and sell it as veal. And none of this was ever like there was no truth ever discovered from that. They didn't find that it was be, to be real. But I think that 
I don't know if it was one of his hallucinations or whether that that's why it changed his MO. So he went from male to female because it was all young children. It didn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, it didn't matter anymore. Yeah, because it was because their meat was so sweet, male or female. It just didn't. It did really didn't matter. Before he died, he did write down a detailed account of all his crimes to his for his lawyer, but his lawyer never shared the writings because they were simply too horrific. So it did want people to know. So after he was caught, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, his lawyer kept hold of them and never shared them with anybody else. Uh the letter which had clearly been intended to cause panic within the Bud home hastened Albert Fish's downfall. The, the paper that he had written the letter on happened to be a piece of stationery from the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Police inquired with the company and found that the paper had been left behind by a janitor from a company at a rooming house he'd been staying at. So, you know, his his one problem was that it wasn't even his own thing. He'd taken this paper from where he was staying. Yeah. But there was a connection between. At the same rooming house, a man named Albert Fish was renting a place. Upon learning that Fish bore a strong resemblance to Frank Howard, Grace Bud's kidnapper, the police set into, up to interview him. To their surprise, Fish confessed in an instant, practically tripping over himself to reveal the precise details of what he'd done to the girl and dozens of other children. So he kind of wanted to brag about his work. Yeah. So he got away with it for so long. That he... How many years? Oh, this was 1930 now. Yeah, 1930. And it started in 1880. Mm. So, you know, he'd just gone and all his crimes had just spiraled out of control, basically. And then he's got to the point where I feel like all serial killers get to where they just, once they're caught, they're like, well... Let me tell you a story. Yeah, well, because he kind of wanted to know. He wanted to, that was his bragging rights. Because if it if he wasn't anything else in society, mm. he had nothing going for him. Yeah, no. So then that's his work. Look at my work. Look what I've done. You know. So be afraid of me because that's what the boogeyman story as well comes into place. He probably very much enjoyed that. Oh yeah. Um, he was held in Sing Sing prison before he was executed by electrocution. Sing Sing prison. Sing Sing. There was only ever three children that were concretely proven to be his victims. So of the ones that he did confess to, being over like dozens of kids, there was only ever the three, including Grace. The Grace Bud murder was by far the most infamous of Fish's crimes, but the two other murders were linked to him after his arrest. Unsurprisingly, they were just as gruesome. According to Crime Museum, Albert Fish is believed to have be responsible for the murder of a four-year-old boy named Billy Gaffney, Billy had disappeared while playing with a neighbour in Brooklyn on February 11th, 1927. That child would later tell the police that the boogeyman took Billy. So, yeah. you know, it, it was that that dark and creepiness about him. The three-year-old described this boogeyman as a slender elderly gentleman with grey hair and a grey moustache. At first, cops didn't take the child seriously, but when they searched all over the neighbourhood with no clues, they finally realised that he had been abducted. And he was never seen again. After Fish's arrest, a motorman on the Brooklyn trolley line came forward to identify him as a nervous old man. He saw on the same day Billy had disappeared. Apparently the old man was trying to quiet a little boy sitting next to him on the trolley who was crying for his mother. The man then dragged the little boy off the trolley. Fish admitted to kidnapping and murdering Billy in sickening detail. So we have a little bit of what he did. The sickening details. The sickening details. 
So I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves into six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. Beautiful. Yep. I mean, could write a cookery book, this one, couldn't he? That's that's right. Was he one of the... He was not one of the first cannibals, really, wasn't it? It was just... No, I think... It was just it, the gruesomest Yeah, I think, I, I think it was because it was children. Yeah, yeah. That it was just so dark and people... I mean, I'd never heard of him. No. I'd never even heard of the Brooklyn Vampire or anything like that. Yeah, it just sounds like a bit of a rubbish name, to be honest with you. I mean, he had about 10. Yeah. Depending on which newspaper, probably. Really. Yeah, probably so. Although no one was ever able to find Billy's remains, people were able to locate the body of Fish's third confirmed victim relatively quickly. In 1924, a young boy named Francis MacDonald vanished while playing with his brother and a group of friends on Staten Island. His body was found in the woods shortly thereafter. He had been strangled by his own suspenders. So we did have a bit of all over the shop motives, really. I think he was an opportunist. Yeah. So if 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 he would be able to snatch, he would have done. Uh, so maybe that's that's why his mo changing so 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 drastically sometimes between boys and girls because he didn't care. Oh yeah. If he had he had had an option, he would just snatch him then and, and then. And clearly, he was doing it out in the open because other children were seeing him. Because he didn't just... torture the latest victims that long as the first ones, but the first ones survived. No, but this. Grace was the only one where he'd confessed to say that that's when he decided to eat them. Mm. So I wonder if he treated her like meat. Yeah. You know, it, that's what Food. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't, it wasn't for the gratification of killing. It was for the fact that he wanted to eat her. Shortly after Albert Fish was put to death, he confessed to being the one who lured Francis into the woods, later assaulting and strangling him. He admitted that he was ready to dismember the boy but he thought that he'd heard someone approaching and fled the scene. So yeah, like you were saying, so he basically dragged him off. Yeah. And took it as an opportunity to kill him. His trial began on March 11th, 1935 and demonstrated quite clearly that the man was insane. As expected, his defence pleaded innocent by reason of insanity. Fish admitted that his auditory hallucinations in the form of voices had told him to kill the children. Despite numerous psychiatrists involved in the trial supporting the insanity plea, however, the jury found Fish sane enough to be found guilty. The trial took 10 days and ended with a verdict that saw Fish executed by electrocution the following year. The thing is, though, he, he, he might have wanted to kill kids so they don't go through the same pains he went through when he was in orphanage. However, the eating and the gruesomeness of how he kills did, didn't stack up. But with... the fact that it was... Never his own children. Yeah. Like he had no problem teaching his kids the same as what he learned. So yeah. he clearly saw that as it wasn't a bad thing that it Or, or an upper hand. If, yeah. if you don't do that, then someone will do that to you. Oh, maybe so, yeah. While awaiting his fate behind bars in Sing Sing, Fish was permitted to write a series of notes regarding his crimes. These would help reporters covering the gruesome case more properly detail his crimes with a first-hand account sure to entice readers. While it's generally believed he killed anywhere between three and nine victims, Fish himself had another figure in mind. His chilling claim that he had killed a child in every state remains unconfirmed. Meanwhile, the man's detailed recollections, recollections 
from prison have never been released. Before his execution on January 16, 1936, Albert's attorney, Jack Dempsey, refused to share his client's notes. He only took one glance at them to determine that Fisher had described was too macabre for public consumption. I will never show it to anybody, he said. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I've ever read. Yeah, fair play, but it would be nice to know. I know, I kind of want to. Yeah, right. I kind of want to read them, but yeah. So that is the story of Albert. For Fish. him to travel every single state and kill a person dead, that would be... Especially with six kids. Six kids also, I don't know what's his financial situation at that time, but it doesn't sound like he's very well off or does it for money motives. For him um, to travel and just be kind of all over the shop like that, it doesn't kind of stack up. Maybe he's just blowing it out of proportion to sound more gruesome than he was, which doesn't take away that it was absolutely demented. Oh, gotcha. But... I mean, be it one, two, or ten yeah, victims, it's, it's, it's still the most... Probably more than enough, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the back page of him, it's him in the uh, the chair waiting for his execution. He's just so blank-faced. It's it's just creepy. I want to see. Uh, is, it, is that the one where... Ah, uh, look at him, yeah. He's quite, quite short there, isn't he? Yeah, he is, he's just... He's, uh, he looks like a, that strange grandpa who, who likes to shoot ducks naked in his back porch <laughs> when he's off his tree. Yeah, very, very, very skinny, very skinny, beady-eyed kind of man that doesn't have really that out, outspoken persona going about, judging from the picture. Obviously, he's older here now as well. So in his heyday, maybe, you know. Maybe. There's no pictures of him from when he was younger either. Or arrest pictures or anything. This is the one. There's from... there's an arrest photo. There's but that's a similar because it didn't take long for him to be tried and he was only, he was executed a year after. Well, he confessed immediately, like you said earlier, yeah. that he tripped over his own stories just to get it out of his chest. Yeah, <clears throat> which, and... which means to me that he he wanted to brag about it and boast a little bit as well. Mm. So, but it looks it looks quite quite old in the picture where he's in the court. So. Well, I mean, it must have been because he was born. When when did we say he was born? Eighteen seventy. Yeah, nineteen of May. Yeah, that's my birthday. <laughs> Shit. So eighteen seventy to nineteen twenty-four. Do the math, Sam. Do so the he math. was only what fifty-four in that picture. He looks a lot older than that, there. Yeah, that's what putting needles into your groin and does yeah ages you so uh, <laughs> whatever you do anus. don't do that because you're not gonna look younger <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might be very handy for your diy project but it doesn't do anything to no. make you look younger don't drink kids blood don't put fire in your anus don't just don't do those things no really the, the listener's advice to this is just just don't do these things man just no say no Sam has poured us a, a shot of Jameson's as well. I just drank my cup of coffee. Uh, black, she didn't give me milk, so... Uh, well, I felt this story needed black coffee. Yeah. So, people, buy stronger shit coffee. Yeah. And please do not put objects in your backside because they don't help your health <laughs> at all. Unless the ones in a naughty shop, they're apparently okay. <laughs> they're all right. Right, uh, <laughs> We have now uh, ha a screen in front of us uh, with the gentleman in the hat with his fancy moustache. And honestly, it doesn't, as would any probably serial killer that you would see, and unless it's in a video game or in a Hollywood movie, it doesn't look 
it doesn't it doesn't look frightening at all. So I would presume he would have been roaming around absolutely freely. Uh, oh, gotcha. And he, he he just doesn't have anything about him. The eyes, but everyone looks creepy in, at that time in the old school pictures, the black and grey ones. But he just, just he just has like when you watch serial killer documentaries, they always look a little bit nuts. Yeah, but, but his eyes just don't look like anything. Yeah, but is it is it because we know what we're looking at? But well, what if this bet. would be one of those old pictures that you found in like a charity shop? You'd be like, look at this old picture and you slap it on your wall. But look at him when he was thinking, like he just looks like an old man. Yes, exactly. So I think it's just our perception now looking at that picture, knowing what he's done and who he is, that we look at him. Oh, yeah, he looks like one of them. He was very quiet. No, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't like his eyes and stuff. Oh, there's a colour photo of you. Is it? And look at that. Well, there's just nothing. It just looks like not- one of the Peaky Blinders guys, isn't it? So <laughs> just less kept, really. Yeah. With a huge dash, you know? And he's really very skinny and very kind of... Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't look any different from... Anyone else? Oh, someone, mean, someone's had a tattoo of him done. Oh, that's beautiful. Why? Let's have a look at that tattoo. That's shit. What kind of- I have not seen it, so <laughs> Sam is not showing me now the screen. That's not a shit tattoo. It's a shit idea, probably. <laughs> let's let's face it, I'm the least person who can talk about shit ideas. So, but yeah. who gets, I mean, minus the people that got what's-his-face from Lost Profits tattooed on them. Why would you have a pedophile? Well, well, we're not, we're not, hey, hey, hey. We're not, <laughs> we do not speak of profits that have been lost. In any shape or form, we just we just don't do that. But why would you knowingly get a tattoo of a? I mean, he was yeah, the the fan at that point probably we're going. No, I'm not really on about him. Top. I'm on about Alpha Fish. <laughs> <laughs> like someone clearly went. Okay. All right. He's a he's, he's cool. He's a pedo and a he's, rapist and a child torturer, murderer, cannibal. He's, he's cool to rock on my calf. Yeah. In the summertime. Put a little sundress on. Alba on your ankle. It's uh, have a good day. Yeah. yeah. But people do stupid shit. Shall we? Shall we? Shall I find you the letter? You can find the letter. Yes, we will post all these letters, obviously, and all the pictures that we can obtain regarding this this matter. But you see, the problem with this, we don't have the gruesome pictures except of his X-ray, and that's not really gruesome. That's oh, more no. artsy, farty I don't think, than gruesome. I don't think they took any. I think there was. Was not, it frowned upon? There was nothing left. Yeah, because he was hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took nine days, remember, for him to eat her. So, and the only reason they knew about Grace was because he confessed in this letter to her mother. Like, but did they? What evidence did they actually found? I don't. I they found. I think they found his, like cleavers and stuff that yes. he'd used in his in his house, yeah. but he confessed to it all, and you know, then they had the. Um, stories from the young boy who had said that, he'd seen that he'd him. seen him take a child, yeah. the other child, and the the gentleman on the the cart that said he'd seen him with a, a young boy. So I presume at that time forensics was a bit shit. Oh God, to say the I don't least. think they had forensics. Yeah, <laughs> we have found it, or we, or we didn't find anything. Good. Does it stick? Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just going kind of going through that a little bit of that um, letter that. You touched on earlier about the that that was allegedly a famine in China and pound of flesh cost one to three dollars, which presumably was a lot of money at that time. Um, however, during the famine 
people usually opt out for animals first. Obviously, yeah. not in this instance because it was absolutely demented. But <clears throat> so, but there's been known um, scenarios in the world wars that cannibalism is a thing. Um, oh yeah, when you need to survive. And part of the letter that he wrote first, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death. Then cut her into small pieces so I could take her the meat home to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was and roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I could have if I wished. She died a virgin. So Grace Bud um, was born in 1918 and he killed her and she died in 1928. There's a little picture of the young girl there. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I mean, it was absolutely off his fucking rocker off, be... off his nut um definitely but to send that to the girl's mother and it was it was years after i mean she'd been missing for six years did he send that did he send that letter whilst he was uh, in prison because i, I kind of missed that part no no so yeah, whilst he was he was roaming. he was still out so this is that the thing you were touching on about how he wanted recognition because for six years after he'd done this they still never found her she was still classed as missing. Yeah. So this this when he was Frank Howard, he'd taken her and they still presumed that he was, you know, that he'd kidnapped this little girl. Definitely. So then he sent this letter to her mother. Yeah. What a colossal asshat. Oh god, yeah. So yeah, but there's not 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 a lot more to touch on this this gruesome dude, but yeah, he has he did what he did and And this is what the shot of Jameson's is for. And this for is what the for Shutter James for afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we copied with it. What was the coffee again? God damn it. Strong as shit. Strong as shit coffee. Um, yeah. Um That was my pairing this week for this. It was like there was nothing that I could I was like, I could go for a New York coffee or something that was a little bit there is one that's called um The Dance of Lucifer that I did quite like and I was no, like, no, I like saint that. I thing, like that. yeah. But, you can't blame Lucifer for everything. You no, 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 that's, that was my thing. So the, I these, felt this guy just deserved. For these mad people, you know. You need a strong coffee to get through it. And then a, and then and a, then shot, a of shot of something to take the edge off afterwards. That's right. Because this story, this, when I first started reading this story, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll read this. And then I got stuck in it. And then I thought to myself, we can't do this story because it's too dark. Oh, no, we can and then I thought, but I have to talk to somebody about it because now it's in my head. <laughs> now it's in my head. I need to, I need read. <laughs> yeah. I need read. No, we definitely can. Uh, and we definitely should. And we will. And, and we are. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the first episode of Death Bistro. Death Bistro. With in the, your ear holes. With the gentleman Albert Fish. Mr. Fish has done things. Amat- his actual full name was Hamilton Howard Albert Fish. There you go. Too many names. H-H-A-F. Mm. That, that, that he was. Right. We hear you. You hear us. <laughs> in, the, in the due course with some more gruesome we've, shit. We've got to do the drinky thing. We, we do the drink. Right. Here goes. Right. Uh, Shutter Jameson's. Bottoms up. Ugh. Beautiful. Dah. It was beautifully executed. <laughs> no pun intended there. Yeah. So they fried him, basically, guys. They oh, fried gotcha. him. He deserved it. They fried him. It didn't, yeah, on the pictures, it just looked exactly the same. All the time. All the time. He just went young, old. Uh, dead. Dead. Yeah. He, just the same face and the same mustache. We're yep. still rocking the mustache strongly there. Uh, 
Please have a look at the pictures there. Please give us a like, follow, and all the rest of the jazz, and we'll try to talk some shit more in the future. Yeah. So on Instagram, we are at Deaf's Bistro, because that's what we forgot to say. Whatever she said, because yep. I have no clue. So if you go on there, and we will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yep. So please like and review on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but we get more. No we idea. Get bumped up on Apple if you do it that way. We're getting bumps. Yep. So and we will try to get these out probably weekly, I would say. <laughs> but Wishful thinking. Hey, I'm up. You I'm you were the one that didn't turn up last week. <laughs> I didn't turn I was busy, man. I was I was busy. I have no idea what I was doing. Probably nothing. To be fair, we've been trying to record this since March. Yeah, and we were shit. So yeah. Bye. <laughs>